Hi, I'm Josh Shearer and I serve as the lead pastor here at Gawley Uniting Church. I wanted to personally thank you for joining us today. We exist as a church to see lives transformed with the good news of Jesus. Now, I hope this service inspires you. I hope it blesses you. I hope it builds your faith and I hope it gives you perspective that God is moving in your life. If there is anything that we can do to help you, don't be afraid to reach out on social media or email our office. Thanks for joining us again and let's get to the service. So exciting to be here and great to have you joining us online, for those of you joining us online. I am extra excited because this is the first time I've preached without a handheld mic. And for those of you who know me, you'll know I'm a bit of a hand talker, so now I can talk with both hands. So let's start by praying so that I don't knock the microphone out of my, my ear and cause chaos. God, right now, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the, informa- like the, the spirit that you're bringing us today. God, we, we pray that your Holy Spirit would be present and that you could help us to hear and understand your word. In Jesus' name, amen. So we are in our series, Guardrails, and the verse, well, last week, Angus did a wonderful job of depicting what guardrails do and if you weren't here I would highly recommend getting the podcast or watching the online version. Um, He described how guardrails are set up in the safety zone to protect us from going into the danger zone. Does everybody remember that? So he also mentioned that some of our greatest regrets could have been prevented if we'd set up some financial, relational, professional guardrails to stop us going into that place. Can anyone think of a regret like that they've had? You don't have to put your hands up, it's okay. But I think we can all think of times when we can think back and think, well, if I'd have stopped here, then I wouldn't have got into that situation. So today, we are actually talking about the people we spend time with how we need to put guardrails up for the people that we spend time with. So you can probably remember some time when you might have been influenced to do something that you wouldn't otherwise do because of the personal people that you were spending time with. I can think of one example. When I was about 10 years old, I used to walk home with this friend and we stopped at the corner shop And this friend of mine talked me into stealing a packet of biscuits. Now, I had never stolen, never shoplifted in my life, and I never did again, but because I was with that person in that moment and they convinced me that it was a good idea, I took the biscuits and off we went. And then on the way home, a scary person, like, no, it wasn't a scary, it was probably just a, a regular man, saw us and said, I hope you enjoy those biscuits that you stole. And we were scared out of our pants and threw the biscuits in the bin and never did it again. But my point is that in that moment, I probably wouldn't have done that if I wasn't convinced to do it by someone else. And if you think, oh, you know, I don't get influenced, we don't get influenced that much, you just have to look at the example of accents. So my other story today, um, when I first moved to Adelaide, 
I was at Glenelg trans, tram stop waiting for a tram and I was just chatting to some people, as you do, and the lady said to me, she goes, you're not from here, are you? And I was like, no, I've just actually moved here from Sydney. She goes, oh, I can tell you from the eastern states, you've got an accent. And I'm like, I don't have an accent, it's ridiculous. Anyway, fast forward about a year or two, I'm back in Sydney visiting my family and my sister, we're just talking away, we're driving in the car and we're chatting and she goes, why are you talking funny? You're talking all posh. And I'm like, what do you mean? She's like, oh, you're saying plant and dance? I'm like, oh, I've picked up the accent. Now, I didn't try and pick up an Adelaide accent. I didn't try and change the way I spoke. I didn't try to fit in by speaking differently. But just by being around people that spoke like that for two years or however long it was, all of a sudden I was speaking with an Adelaide accent, South Australian accent. So we are influenced by the people that we're around. And in Proverbs verse 13, sorry, chapter 13, verse 20, it says, be, uh, where is it? Walk with the wise and become wise, for a companion of fools suffers harm. Proverbs, I love the Bible because it's just neuroscience that is today is proving that the Bible is true. And I'll come to that in a minute. But, but we need to make sure that we're setting up guardrails for the people that we spend time with. Now, you might be thinking, oh, well, none of my friends are big drinkers or, you know, they don't do drugs. They're not out, you know, nightclubbing every weekend. But what about gossip? Is there people that you hang out with that, you know, you get together and they always want you to gossip? Oh, I noticed Kat's not wearing a wedding ring today. Oh, I wonder what's happening. Tim wasn't, she wasn't with, Kath in, with Tim in church the other week. Just to be clear, we're fine, okay? I just take my rings off to do the horses. We're fine. But are there people that make you gossip? Maybe there's some guardrails that you need to set up there. And relational guardrails, you know, it's not about judgment, okay? I just want to be clear about that. It's not about going, you're bad and you're bad and you're bad, so I'm not going to spend time with you. It's not about that. It's actually about good judgment for yourself. It's about recognising what you are emotionally, spiritually mature enough or able to live without, without being influenced to a place that you don't want to be. And relational guardrails can be, I would say, I call them conditional. So, for example, if I want to get healthy, for example, and I've got a friend that always wants to take me out and make me a cake, like all the time, no matter what, you know, they'll always have cake there. And I'm trying not to eat cake, I'm trying not to eat sugar, but they always want to bring cake. Well, they're still my friend, so maybe it's about saying, well, I'll hang out with you, but let's go for a walk. Let's not hang out around that thing that's going to be an influence to me. We'll go for a walk. Or, you know, if you've got a friend that always wants you to come to the pub and have beers on a Friday night and you're wanting to stop drinking, could be, let's go have coffee instead. Let's go have a round of golf. <laughs> let's do something that doesn't involve that, that thing that I don't want to be influenced towards. Does that make sense? 
Excellent. So, if you remember when you were kids, and I gave the example, you know, me being a 10-year-old, being influenced to do something I didn't want, and I'm sure there's, there's all, like many of you could think of examples of things that you did when you were a kid because you were influenced by your friends, and your parents tried to steer you away from, maybe not, but usually your parents will try and steer you away from those people that are going to influence you in the wrong direction. It might be that they move out of town or something a little less dramatic. They might just teach you why being around that person could cause you harm. But your parents will try and do that. Now, as a parent or a caregiver of children, I try and do the same for them. And we have a tool these days called electronic or social media stalking. So we can see what, you know, Facebook stalk them and see what our kids' friends are doing. We don't do that, by the way. Actually, actually, the kids told me the other week that Facebook is Instagram for old people. So if you want to know what the young people are doing, you have to get on Instagram, apparently, which I'm not. So, but, but you want to... We want to teach our kids how to set up those guardrails and God wants to teach us how we need to set up the guardrails for ourselves. Now, you might be saying, but what if I can influence them to come and do my thing? What if I can influence them out of that situation, out of that thing that they're doing? Maybe I can be influenced. And I saw a good illustration. I'm going to get Mel to come and help me. You, you can stand up here. Okay. I'm going to get Mel to try and pull me up onto that step. Oh, okay. She got me there, but it was pretty hard. Now, do you want to stand down there? Okay, now, now try and pull me down. <laughs> okay, that wasn't so hard. So the whole idea of that is that it's much easier to pull somebody into something that they don't want to be doing, or they might think they want to be doing it, but it's not good for them, than it is to actually pull them up out of it. So it isn't about judging, like I said. It's not about judging people for what they're doing. It's about knowing how you need to protect yourself from going off into those places that you don't want to be. Are you with me? Good. So now I come to the neuroscience because everybody who knows me knows I love a little bit of neuroscience. There's a neuroscientist, Maureen Cerf, um, who is at Northwestern University, and his research showed that when you are standing with someone, your brain waves actually start to align. Just standing with someone, your brain waves are aligning, right? And he says that if if you want to gain certain attributes and behaviours, all you have to do is find people that are living with those attributes and behaviours. And if you hang around with them long enough, you will actually take on those behaviours and those attributes just by being around people. And I think that's amazing. And that's why church is great, isn't it? Because we come to church and we're around like-minded people and we get to spend time with people who, you know, have those beliefs and, and goals for their life. But it isn't about, like, it's not even about being in church or being out of church. It's about finding the people that, 
whose goals and um, life goals are aligning with yours. Like I said about the cake example, if you get around people that are always eating healthy, then you're likely to take on attributes easier. And going back to that verse in Proverbs about walking with the wise, something that it notes here is that it says that a fool, uh, the companion of fools suffers harm. It's worse than actually just becoming a fool. You will actually suffer harm from the fallout of the bad decisions that other people make. So we want to make sure that we are setting up those guardrails. With guardrails, I don't know if you've seen on the highways with the guardrails, there's reflectors, right? So when, and, and if you drive up the Gawler Two Wells Road, there's not guardrails, there's actually posts with reflectors on them and they shine really brightly when you're coming up to them. And the reflectors show you this is where you're supposed to be going, not out there. And with those reflectors, with our guardrails in our life, there are some things that shine brightly or should shine brightly for us that might help us to know, oh, maybe I need to rethink how I'm spending time with this group of people or this person. One of them is when it becomes apparent to you that the people that you're spending time with are on a completely different trajectory of life to where you want to be going, then it might be time to rethink those relationships. And again, it's not necessarily about saying you're bad and I'm not spending any more time with you. It might be just about setting up some boundaries around that time. Um, when you catch yourself pretending to be someone that you're not, has anyone been in a group of friends and you, you just can't quite be yourself? You're sort of pretending to be somebody else? That's probably a sign that they're not the best, like for you, it doesn't mean they're bad people, but they're not the best group of people for you to be around because you're not able to be your authentic, authentic, true self. When you feel pressure to compromise, so... You know, like the exam I know the cake examples are a fairly petty example, but it's a good, it's an example. If you feel pressured to do the thing that you're trying not to do so hard, then that's not a good sign either. Has anyone ever been pressured into anything? I've been pressured into things in my life, <laughs> or felt pressured into things. It's not good. You need to be able to be with people that are going to encourage you and lead you on the, the path that you or that God has called you to. Tim, yesterday we were, he's like, what did I say? You know, we were talking about me getting ready for preaching and how I needed the time to do that. And he's like, I know that's a really important thing. And he encouraged me. He's encouraging me along that, that path. And that's what, you know, your, your friends, you want to be around people that are going to encourage you. Yeah, he gets a gold star. So, and, and guide you. Like, Keep you guided in those, you know, the safety zone, as we said. When you find yourself saying, I'll go, but I won't participate, 
I'll still go to that place where I fit, where I, you know, had troubles and whatever, but I won't get involved with that stuff. I heard a story, I heard a preacher preaching once about this, uh, a lady that had come out of the nightclub scene, she'd been a heavy drinker, heavy, um, like, drug user, and she, she actually gave her heart to God, got radically saved, didn't touch any of that, or, you know, like, ev- again. And then some time later, this lady came back to him and said, look, I really feel for the people that are in that place, like in that dark place, and I want to go back in, and I want to get them, I want to get them to God. And that's a, a great idea, and people, like God needs to have his light shining everywhere. But the preacher said to this young lady, she said, he said, that's a great idea, but I don't think you're ready. She's like, yeah, no, no, I want to do it. I really want to do it. And sure enough, she went back into that place and she was influenced and ended up back in the same place where she was before. So her her intentions were good. I will go, but I'm not going to get into that. But once you're in that place, it's easy to be influenced. And the last one, which I think is really important, when you find yourself thinking... I hope the people I care about don't know my whereabouts. I hope the people I care about don't know that I'm doing this. I hope, I hope nobody sees me here. Then that, to me, is a sign that it's not lining up with your, your goals and your, you know, your path of your life. Because if the people that you care about most, if you don't want them to know that you're doing it, that it's probably a sign that we shouldn't be doing it. So that's another bit of a red light. Again, you might say, oh, this sounds all a bit judgy. This sounds all a bit, you know. But, you know, in that example of the nightclub, there are other people that could have gone into that place that wouldn't have been influenced, that their life, they had a different life story. It doesn't mean that we can't go to those people. It just means we need to know where our boundaries lie and where our safety zone is. And, you know, like I I work in the mental health space with people that are very badly affected by drugs and, you know, there's a whole other gamut of examples that you could use. But I don't, in that case, I don't think any one of them when they were a child thought, I'm going to be a drug addict and I'm going to not be able to work because of but it's a slow process and one day they wake up and they're what how did this happen how did i get here and by setting up these guardrails we can prevent ourselves from going down those paths there's a, a verse luke Chapter 7, verse 35, says, Wisdom is proved right by her children. And the way I read that is that your wise choices will show in the results, in the outcome. And the thing is, well, two things. (laughs) Firstly, if you want to know who to spend time with, the first person to spend time with is Jesus. The first place to start is God. And I know for myself, if I'm not spending time reading my Bible, praying, spending time with God, then I will see 
my life unravel a little bit. Not terribly, but just a little bit. To make, and just enough to make me go, okay, I need to get back and start doing those things again. So I would encourage you, if you're looking for the first number one person to spend time with, make it God, make it Jesus. And then the second thing is there's a reason why we have to do this. So I know you might be thinking, but what about all those people that are out of the safety zone? How, how are we going to be God's light to them? But we need to be ready so that when they're ready, you can't take somebody out of something when they're not ready. But when they're ready, you'll be there to, to help them. And I have one more story. Sorry, I'll share one more story. Um, I had a friend, I have a friend, and we were like really good friends going through school. And then in about our 20s, she went down a path that wasn't the direction that I was going and was doing, like, she was actually influenced by other people and was doing some things that I was like, oh, that's not great. And she was saying some things that were a bit hurtful. And I had to make a decision at that point. I didn't say I'm never going to see you again. I didn't have a, a row with her. I didn't, I just made a decision that I would step back for a bit. And I kept doing, kept on my path. And she went and did her things. And then about, it was probably about six, six or 12 months later, I get a phone call from this friend saying, I need to see you. And she came around and she was ready to come back to, and we actually, I was able to, in that moment, talk her through all this situation, tell her she doesn't have to worry about anything she said or done to me. And she ended up giving her heart to God in that moment. So we're not, it's not about being judgy and, and separating ourselves from people that aren't walking with God. It's about keeping ourselves sound and ready so that when somebody who doesn't know God needs us, we can help them. Does that make sense? So as you go about this week, have a think about where those guardrails, you know, if there's any that might be slipping or any that might be, need to be strengthened. And just be aware of keeping yourself sound and on the right path in the safety zone so that we're able to help people when they need it. Amen?